Money Talk is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex to be considered before becoming a client of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Securities are offered through HBEC Incorporated, member FINRA and SIPC. Annex Wealth Management and HBEC are unaffiliated. This program may contain forward-looking statements which may not come true. Please consult with an advisor about your specific situation. Taking the mystery out of investing with answers to your financial questions. This is Money Talk with Dave Spano and Mark Oswald from Annex Wealth Management on WTMJ. It is Money Talk, Annex Wealth Management, Saturday, May 5th. My name is Danny Clayton. Dave Spano, good morning. Good morning to you. Mark Oswald, good morning. Good morning. Unfortunately, this is radio. You can't see the big hats that these guys have on because it is Derby Day. It is Cinco de Mayo that's as well. Good, that's and I have I that on. Meant. That's yeah. the hat that you have on. And, and I my have, sombrero. That's right. I can tell you one thing. Mint, that, that mint I, juleps here in the studio. One kind of odd alternative investment is horses, right? I mean, that, that's pretty high-level stuff. When you, You've got too much money when you're investing in horses. Well, they certainly you know, they can yield a return. I mean, it depends on how fast your horse is, of course. But, you know, it's interesting to see what happens with the Derby winner every year, you know, what they do then with, you know, what its next step is because that's where the value comes. That's right. Studded them out just kind of like we did with Oswald around here. Yeah, you bet. <laughs> and did you, you did horse, of course. Did you do that on purpose? That was really nice. That was right out of Mr. Ed. Very nice. I did. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah sure. That was very sure. nice. Sure. Wilbur and... Yeah, All right. Well, finally, a, a good day. 77 degrees today. It's going to cool way off tomorrow. So really, really interesting week. It looked so many times like the Dow, and the Dow is the number that we always see. The Dow was down crazy numbers and came back up off the canvas and, and said, no, this is a volatile time. It is, and volatility is interesting, Mark, and we, we've continued to see it, and what folks have to realize is that we are in a correction, and a correction is defined by 10% peak to trough, and, and we were more than 10% from where we are, dipped back below that on Thursday, down as much as 400 points throughout the day and rallied, as Danny said, to end up on a positive day uh, on Thursday, just a couple of points, and then Friday rallied uh, the rest of the day as well. Yeah, no doubt. And, and volatility's come back, and I think that's really important or f- important for listeners this morning because when you look back at 2017, and we looked at that 15-month run where we had an up month on the Dow and the S&P 500 every month, well, it was easy to get pretty complacent about the fact that the markets just continued to go up. What we're seeing right now, volatility, and if you look at the VIX, the volatility index is around 18 you know, it was up a little bit this week from 15 to 18. As a percentage, that's a pretty good jump. But historically, that volatility index is around 20. At 18, this is normal volatility. So we're seeing a market, but you see 400-point moves. It's a function of the fact that the Dow is trading at 24,000 plus. So a 400-point move really isn't that big of a move in the market when you look at it on a percentage basis. And not only is the long-term average around 20, but last year it averaged 11. Amazing. So half of what our normal volatility was. And so now that it comes back, people are concerned. But here's a couple of things things that people should be aware of is that we are in a correction, about 10% off, and this is normal. And if you go back to, all the way back to 1945, there's been 77, 5 to 10% moves on the downside. So this is a kind of a normal thing. Here's another point that people should be aware of. These length of these re- uh, corrections 
are four months long. So right. if this happened in the first week of February, and here we are in the first week of May, maybe another month or so, and, and what really hasn't changed is the economic background is still the same as it was last year. Well, and count us among the firms that have been looking for some volatility, because when you look at it and say the, the market was going up and up and up every month, it didn't provide us with those opportunities. And some investors who are looking at their portfolio right now are probably saying, is this an opportunity for me to look at rebalancing? Is it an opportunity for me to look at how many ca- what would I have in cash balances? Should I be putting capital to work right now? So when you look at these correction territories or you look at the volatility of the market, that's one eye, that's certainly one eye, eye's way to look at it would be to say, is this an opportunity for us to look at our portfolio in context of our risk tolerance and what we should be doing next? We had a new jobs number come out yesterday, and it was not what was expected, but I think it I think just everybody shrugged at it and said, okay, fine. The big number was the unemployment number, which was a record low, at least in the last, what, 20 years? Yes, yeah, since, since 2000. Yeah. yeah. Since Clinton's presidency dipped below 4% to a 3.9%, and the economists around the country generally say that anything at 5% or below is full employment, and explain to the listeners what that means. Well, when you're looking at full employment, you're looking at you know, a rate below 5%, and you know, when we added 164,000 jobs, and it was a bit of a disappointment, but it was a bit of a yawner, too, because when you have full employment and you're still adding good jobs, and these were good jobs, these were tech jobs, these were not part-time jobs, when you're adding good jobs to a, a good economy that's continuing to grow at about 2.3% as a GDP number, that's still a healthy economy, and all of that affects what the Fed does, and we can talk about that later in the show. That's on the way. Got a big show. Got uh, this whole hour to talk about interesting stuff. Jill Martin from our estate plan team is up next. You'll want to hear this. Uh, it's a fascinating interview. Also, talking about 401ks from the Annex team. That's on the way. It's Money Talk, Annex Wealth Management, WTMJ. Money tips that don't cost a thing. This is Money Talk with Dave Spano and Mark Oswald on WTMJ. It's Money Talk, Saturday, May 5th. I'm Danny Clayton. Joining me is Jill Martin, the estate planning attorney at Annex Wealth Management. Thanks, and welcome to the show. Thanks, Danny. Good to be here. What is the simplest way to describe an estate plan? I break down estate planning into two important components for people. There's the lifetime planning to make sure that things are taken care of in the event that something happens to you, whether temporarily or permanently. And then there's also the estate planning that happens once you pass away, making sure that there's an easy distribution of your assets to your heirs. What's the difference between an estate plan and a will? A will is a component of the estate plan. That is one document that people use to make sure that their assets are passed to their heirs at their death. Okay. If somebody has a will, then why do they need an estate plan? Sure. So an estate plan, again, as we talked about earlier, encompasses multiple facets of your life. So... For estate planning, you want to make sure that you have something called a durable power of attorney in place that helps make sure that if you're incapacitated for any reason, someone can step in and take care of your affairs. There's also a health care power of attorney so that if you cannot make health care decisions for yourself, there's someone there that can do that on your behalf. The will is only a component that comes into play once you have passed away. I've heard the word trust. What exactly are trusts? And does that is that part of your pie? Basically, the trust becomes the primary document and the primary vehicle by which you can pass assets at your death. It also helps provide some continuity of management of those assets during your life. Lifetime, 
both while you're alive, if you become incapacitated, and at death by avoiding the probate process. Jill Martin is the estate planning attorney at Annex Wealth Management, part of our very deep bench. Okay, you must run into this all the time. There's probably some confusion where people think that you got to be like a mega rich Rockefeller to have an estate plan, right? Do you find that? I do, but estate planning in today's day and age with the new tax law that just got passed in December is no longer about planning to avoid estate taxes. Estate planning is about so much more. Making sure that your heirs are taken care of, there's continuity of management, if you have special needs of beneficiaries that need to be considered. So estate planning is all about things that we do for non-tax reasons and making sure that you're leaving a legacy, not avoiding estate taxes anymore. What about cases where there's like maybe a family business? It's it's first generation and it's setting up the second generation. Is that part of what we do? It's a component of what we do. We rely heavily on great attorneys in our markets to really advise those business clients as well as Annex. But succession planning for business owners is a critical component of estate planning to make sure that there's a seamless transition from the first generation to the next generation in that business. How often do you see cases where succession planning had, hadn't taken place and it's it's a problem. It does create a problem. I think a lot of attorneys that we work with and both here at Annex, we have great advisors on staff that can really start those conversations early in the process before it becomes a critical problem for for clients. Jill, if somebody brings in a previously constructed estate plan, something done outside of Annex Wealth Management and you're going to review it, what, what are your process steps? We see this a lot, Danny, because we don't draft estate plans in-house at Annex. We are here to provide a service and an advisory capacity for our clients. So estate planning will always be done by an outside attorney. But what happens is, is we have clients who maybe they did their estate plan 10, 15, 20. I've even seen some since I started here at Annex that are 30 years old, where it's really important to make sure that you're looking at that fairly frequently. I recommend at least every three years, but there are also events during your lifetime that require you to check in and look at that. If you've lost a spouse, if a child has died, if you have a significant change in your wealth, or even if there's some family dynamic, maybe a child's getting divorced or something along those lines, that it's really important to make sure that your estate plan tracks along with all of those changes that have happened. What kind of information do we provide back to the people with an estate plan? We provide information about what does their estate plan actually provide. So we look at all of the documents in detail to make sure it's actually what the client believes is in their estate plan. Sometimes there's a disconnect. Um, making sure that then all of the documents flow how they want it and we kind of demonstrate through a flowchart process what that's going to look like at the various stages of their life and how their assets are going to flow through that. I know you know and we talk about this a lot on the radio but the team here at Annex is really deep including a, a stellar tax department. You work in concert with them when it comes to estate planning strategies, don't you? Absolutely. Mandy and I work very closely together because with the income tax laws and so many people have IRA assets and qualified plan assets that have really significant income tax issues that go along with them if they're not planned for correctly as part of an estate plan. So we work very closely together to make sure that whatever plan is in place for a client is done in the most income tax efficient manner. Jill Martin is a state planning attorney at Annex Wealth Management. Okay, I don't want to embarrass you, but you are in the UW-Eau Claire Athletic Hall of Fame for softball. You're involved in coaching locally. You want to give a shout out to any any of your favorite softball teams out there? <laughs> well, I love my Waukesha West Wolverines, so I can't complain about that. They're a great group of girls, and I love coach. Jill Martin, a state planning attorney at Annex Wealth Management. Thank you for joining us. Absolutely. 
watch your investments grow with Money Talk with Dave Spano and Mark Oswald on WTMJ. Money Talk, Annex Wealth Management for Saturday, May 5th, Cinco de Mayo and Derby Day. My name is Danny Clayton, Dave Spano, Mark Oswald. Uh, guess who went to the Apple store? Yeah, Warren Buffett, exactly oh, right. Uh, big big story in the fact that Warren Buffett increased his position in Apple stock, uh, and it was already a large posi- position that he had already. It did move the market on Friday when that news came out, and now he's, a, I think, one of the largest shareholders of Apple stock in the, in the United States, and it's been interesting. It'll be the largest holding in Brookshire Hathaway as well. So, I mean, he's obviously been an investor, a lifetime investor, owns a big stake in a lot of companies, but now has really made a big bet on Apple. And which is funny because he was a guy who would stay away from technology. He well, said he didn't understand it and used to buy, he would buy railroads, right? Well, he he still uses a flip phone. He still so uses he, a flip he phone. O- he owns as much <laughs> exactly. Apple stock as anybody. He doesn't own an Apple product. And he owns uh, Coca-Cola and he yeah. owns McDonald's. Because he drinks Coca-Cola and he likes newspapers, right? He reads yeah, it. Exactly. Yeah, and yeah. he literally drives through the drive-thru at, in McDonald's, at McDonald's in Omaha every day. That's amazing. Uh, how does Berkshire Hathaway way work well it's an investment company so you know it trades like a stock but it would be similar to an etf other than it's actively managed so they have a board of directors and he's the head of that and you know they make bets on companies just like a mutual fund manager might but it trades a little different because it trades as a stock and it's never split in price or anything it's just got this enormous share price well there's a share a and a share b and so the the a share i think it trades around two hundred thousand dollars per share so Dave can go out and get a couple of shares well, if he wants. No, but Mark meant if you have to ask, you must. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. exactly. But the fact is, there is a B share that does trade, you know, for a much more modest price. Okay, so Warren Buffett bought something he loves, and right. that company is doing great. Everything's yeah. great for Apple. Something that it, it, Dave, I know you know a lot of musicians. The Gibson guitar is renowned. I mean, just start listing. Anybody who's anybody oh, right. plays guitar. Yeah, they go. play Gibsons, and but they run. They ran into a bankruptcy last week. They did. They filed Chapter Eleven. And you think about the Gibson guitar, and it's it's played by the, some of the greatest guitarists in the world, from Eric Clapton and Jimmy Page. The Rolling Stones use it. You know, and you think about the the brand that they have, and they are they are selling guitars. And so there was this conversation of. Is the guitar in trouble? Are people still buying guitars? And they certainly are. And you look at what happened. You look underneath the hood of the Gibson deal, and what happened is the owner of Gibson went out and bought a number of companies because he wanted to diversify his portfolio. So he went to in-home and entertainment and all these other issues, and they got smoked. And so these other these other companies that they had did not do well. There was a bunch of debt that Gibson took on, and so therefore they're filing Chapter 11. Chapter 11 is reorganization, not going out of business. Yeah, in a case like that, who would be watching? Would there be a board of directors that would be approving these acquisitions? Or a court. So you're actually Bankruptcy filing with court. the court. Okay. So you're restructuring. Okay. So you might be restructuring your debt or or making some other compromise with creditors. But that's an important part. That doesn't mean Gibson Guitar is going away. No. It certainly means that they're, at this point in time, taking a time out. And they're they're allowing them to restructure the company. In fact, uh, Gibson, they have, you know, these everyone's tweeting these days. And I did find that Gibson sent one out and said, filed uh, Chapter 11 of the U.S. Bankruptcy Court. 
yesterday. This does not mean we are going out of business. It means we are reorganizing and we will continue to sell guitars. And they are continuing to sell these very, very expensive guitars around the world. And we talked to uh, one of their representatives uh, uh, yesterday, and he said these 10,000 our guitars are jumping off the off the aisle. You mentioned timeout. Does uh, Elon Musk need a timeout? Yeah, he was the he CEO was, of Tesla. They had their earnings call, and he was pretty snippy. No doubt about it. And it, it was uh, probably uncharacteristic of a CEO of a publicly traded company to talk that way to the analysts. So but, explain, before you get down there, what, what, what really happened? What's yeah. the backdrop of that? So, you know, er, every company that reports their earnings and revenue, they'll have a, a call with analysts. So the analysts that recommend the stock as either a buy or a hold or a sell, they'll call into a conference call and they'll talk about the quarter that was. How was your earnings? How was your revenue? What's the forecast going forward? And he got a little snippy on that call and... and uh, Called the analyst uh, a bonehead, yeah. right? And so therefore what he didn't do is take the analyst call and there was a YouTuber who was on the analyst call and he took that instead. He took the question gave from like a YouTuber. Minutes, right? He gave him 20 yeah. minutes instead of taking the analyst call and the analyst did not like it and the stock got beat up a little bit earlier this week. It looked like it uh, popped back a little bit on Friday. It did, yeah, it did. Yeah. But so, but we'll have to find out how this plays out. All right, uh, bottom of the hour, we're going to get caught up. We've got 30 minutes left in the show. We've got a lot of show. Hey, head to AnnexWealth.com. That's your first stop. You can sign up for the free portfolio analysis. Also sign up for Axiom, which is the weekly newsletter. It is a fantastic. Shows up on Sunday and will get you informed. Again, news time, bottom of the hour. Let's go to the WTMJ Breaking News Center and Tony Betta. Never get less than your money's worth. This is Money Talk with Dave Spano and Mark Oswald on WTMJ. It is Money Talk, Annex Wealth Management, Saturday, May 5th on WTMJ. A quick conversation here about 401ks. And to do that, let's welcome Tom Parks, Annex Wealth Management, the Director of Retirement Plan Services. Tom, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Retirement Plan Services. So you got to give me the elevator speech explanation on what that team does. We do two different things. We help employers uh, who are responsible for retirement plans, and then we assist their employees. And it's really two distinct levels of service that we offer at Annex Wealth Management. Most of the time when people talk about retirement plans, are they talking about 401ks? Yeah, that's what most people think. And when you look at a, the overwhelming majority of retirement plans in our country are 401k plans. 401k is the term that we hear a lot. What is a 401k? 401 is the section of the Internal Revenue Code, and then it's subsection K. But basically, it is a profit-sharing plan that allows people to defer some of their wages into the retirement plan. I've had a 401k. It has to be every job I've had. Are they the same? They kind of seem the same, at least to me. I'm a regular consumer. Similar, but almost certainly not the same. That's one of the cool things about 401k plans is there's this big chassis and lots of different ways that you can execute the rules and it's that's where we do a lot of work with our clients is to help them say okay from within this framework which are going to be the specific rules that suit you and the specific needs of your company so I would say they probably looked and felt pretty similar to you but uh, behind the scenes there were almost certainly some details that were not the same Tom Parks director of retirement plan services annex wealth management my last plan was voya within that I noticed there were non voya choices within the plan how's that work right so you're talking about Voya is the the record keeper, the provider, the custodian of the funds. As far as choices, you're talking about the mutual funds that are available in the lineup. That's not uncommon. Actually, it's becoming less and less common for you to see all of one family of funds in a retirement plan. On the smaller end of the market, a 
American Funds does a really nice job. Um, a lot of times you'll see, you know, a pure American Funds lineup. But as plans grow and beyond the half million, million dollar mark, you're usually going to see a broad diversity of investment managers available within your retirement plan. So let's talk about fees. If, if I'm in a 401k, I just, I accept their fee structure. That just comes with the plan. That is correct. You don't have any control over that. And and there are these words, participant is a specific word. Plan sponsor is the other word that we use in the industry. Think of, you know, the participant is the employee. The plan sponsor is the employer, effectively. So the employer does have control over that. And plan fiduciaries, who are the employers, have a responsibility to understand what the fees are in the plan and then make a determination as to whether they're reasonable. But you as an employee really don't have much control over that. I heard in a meeting you say something like, what we do is completely different than what our peers do. What did you mean when you said that? The way that we approach our client relationships is just different. And a big focus of our retirement plan relationships with companies is very much on the employees and how can we help them take advantage of the benefit. There's no question we help plan fiduciaries with their responsibilities. And there are some unique things that we do in that regard too. Education is a big part of our job. And that's when people think of education in a 401k plan, they think of how are you going to educate the employees. There's a lot of education to be done for plan sponsors and plan fiduciaries. So I would say the biggest thing that's different is how we engage with employees. We really try to get knee deep into the relationship and try to help people make the most of that benefit. Talking to the employees. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Uh, my teammate Joanne spends most of her time, uh, you don't see her very often at the office because she's out meeting with our clients at their place of work, helping their employees uh, do whatever it is they need help with in the plan. Who makes the decisions on the employee 401k? It depends on the company. So um, usually you're going to find it's someone in HR or someone in the finance department, you know, a controller or a CFO or some collaboration between those two. Is a company under any obligation to help employees figure out what they should choose within that 401k? That's a tricky area for employers. There is a thing called 404C, and that is the part of the section that allows employees to direct their investments. So there are certain requirements that employers have have to provide employees with the resources necessary to make an informed decision. But employers want to be real careful about providing too much guidance because they don't want to put themselves in a position of providing investment advice or financial advice to their employees. A couple years ago, I remember like the default, like if people weren't active in their 401k, didn't it used to be like money market? And that was just not the place. Right. Yes, it was. People used to use the stable value or the guaranteed account or the money market fund as the default. But that is obviously not the right place for people to be. Tom Parks is Director of Retirement Plan Services at Annex Wealth Management. So what is that difference when a fiduciary like Annex is involved? So the people who are making the decision, the employer, whether it's the CFO or the HR manager or the owner of the company, whoever's on the signing the dotted line on the 5500 form is a planned fiduciary. So having another fiduciary can provide a lot of comfort for people because we are the prudent expert as defined in the law. And it's really our responsibility to help plan fiduciaries, make sure that they're doing the things they're supposed to do. Because a lot of times they're busy doing other stuff. They're either the CFO, they got, lot, they got their hands full sure. with real work. Um, they don't want to be become experts in 401k administration. And uh, We work as a consultancy at Annex Wealth Management. What are those steps? Frequently what happens when we're introduced to the relationship is we just take the place of whoever was there. And then we say, okay, what's going on in this plan? How are, you know, what's working, what's not working? If we can make the plan that you already have work better, 
it's going to make your life a whole lot easier than moving the whole thing somewhere else. Tom Parks, Director of Retirement Plan Services, Annex Wealth Management. Thanks for spending time today. Thanks for having me. 1040 at WTMJ. Just want to remind you that we've got a Retirement Roadmap Seminar coming up on Wednesday in Delafield. That's at our Delafield Lake Country location. You can sign up at AnnexWealth.com. Again, that starts at 6, uh, goes about 90 minutes. It's a discussion, a very casual discussion. It is called Retirement Roadmap. More details at AnnexWealth.com. Get professional help with your portfolio. This is Money Talk with Dave Spano and Mark Oswald on WTMJ. Money Talk, Annex Wealth Management, Saturday, May 5th. Joining me is Randy Winkler, Financial Planning Manager at Annex Wealth Management. Welcome to the show, Randy. Thanks, Danny. Happy to be here. Well, okay, first off, I don't know if I've ever met a math major. You are a real bona fide math major. I'm, I'm a geek. That's you're, true. You're a geek. <laughs> All right. As you were studying that in college, where, did, where were you going to go with that? Well, I wanted to be a computer programmer, and that is where I went with it. I was, uh, this is my second career. I did that for about a decade before switching over to financial planning. So the math, oddly enough, even though I had no interest or knowledge or anticipation of getting into the financial realm, it all applies and I use it every day. That's a good story. Annex is an efficient combination of teams woven together. It's a real cohesive unit. So where does financial planning department fit in that process? Well, I always joke that we do all the fun stuff. So we take care of any sort of planning that's outside of the investment world. Our investment department puts together the portfolios. We come up with a plan working with the advisor and the client for retirement, for education, for the, do you take the pension or the lump sum option? Do you, um, how do you bridge the gap between retirement and starting Medicare for healthcare? What's your distribution strategy? Anything that involves the plan comes through a financial planning department. It's probably okay to say you guys are the lifeblood. I mean, just between us. Well, we think that. We, we're, the, we're the geeks, and <laughs> right. uh, we, we enjoy it, and I know our advisors appreciate uh, what we do with them. Tell me about the structure within your department. Well, I'm extremely blessed to lead a team of superstars that all have a great attitude and love coming to work every day, so we have a lot of fun. We have a number of CFPs on the team and a lot of what we call subject matter experts. So in any area that might come up, and new ones come up every day, so we're constantly learning, we've got experts people that know about Medicare, about long-term care, about pensions, a lot of the things I mentioned earlier. We've got somebody who can work uh, with the advisors either behind the scenes or actually in a meeting with the clients if it's something that they want to go into more depth. We talk a lot about the free portfolio analysis at Annex Wealth Management. That's you guys, right? Yes, that's part of what we do for everybody that comes in. We do the, the portfolio analysis and a framework for a financial plan. So those both come through the financial planning department. Uh, for the portfolio analysis, we take a look at what you hold now and put that into we run some reports and some software and see what are the fees you're paying what's the performance what's the risk you're taking and then the advisor determines is this appropriate for you based on the conversations that they have uh, the other part of it is the framework for the financial plan so what we do is we put together based on the notes from the advisor just a structure for the beginnings of a financial plan a uh, financial plan is never done. In the old days, it was a map. Now it's a GPS, but it's a, it's a start. You start putting it together, and it'll continue to evolve over your lifetime. Is the financial planning department at Annex mostly on the front end of a relationship? Uh, no, it's probably more evenly spread and even a little bit more weighted towards the back end. Um, while you're in accumulation mode, there are things that we assist with. It might be education planning or picking the right mortgage and some of those decisions, but where it really starts getting uh, intense 
tense is when you get into your 60s, when it's time to make a decision about when do I start Social Security? Does it make sense to start at 62 or 70? Or I'm not retired and I need to distribute uh, money from my portfolio that I've built up. How do I get a paycheck from there when I'm not getting it from my employer anymore? Does some of it come from my Roth? Does it come from my 401k, my IRA, my joint account? A lot of people have no idea, and that's where the real fun starts. Randy Winkler, Financial Planning Manager at Annex Wealth Management. You guys do a lot of what-if analysis? Yes, we do. Um, what, there's things behind the scenes when we're doing analysis that we'll say, well, you know, here's something that we see that we'd like to bring to the attention of the client, and we'll work with the advisor on that. Uh, we've got fantastic tools. Our advisors do probably even more of that in the meetings where it comes up where a client says, hey, I'm thinking about doing this. How would this affect the plan? Or I have these two options. Uh, in our software, we can, on the fly, um, gives you a, a visual look at the different options that you have. Tell me about that recent conference you went to, and you were really fired up about this. You came back, and, and you said, we're ahead of the curve. Yeah, it was, it was very, very interesting. The whole first day of the conference is, where is the financial industry going? And where they were talking about this, and there were breakout sessions and different speakers, and they were saying that we're going from the transactional model to the relationship model. We're going from advisor-focused to client-focused. We're going from the suitability standard to the fiduciary standard, from individual advisors to the team. All day long, I was th sitting there thinking, well, we've been there for years and years. That's how we do it. There's no adjustment for us. We're just going to continue doing what we're doing and let everybody else try and catch up. Got a little bit of time left. Not to give out the secret sauce, but you're jazzed about the tech that we have here. Yeah, coming from the, you know, being a programmer for a number of years, that's an area that I'm interested in, and we're always taking a look at getting better there, and we've got some fantastic tools here, and I know you've been in my office, I have a whiteboard that's got a crazy looking it's, map. That's it's not white anymore. Yeah. yeah. There's just, it's a map of all the different software and how they communicate. We've got tools for evaluating uh, portfolios, we've got a really excellent tool for evaluating and discussing risk with clients, which they actually find fun. I never thought we'd get there, but they enjoy discussing risk. Our uh, financial planning software is very interactive and dynamic, and there's there's, we're probably looking at three, four, five different software packages right now for additional services we can bring. Randy Winkler, Financial Planning Manager at Annex Wealth Management. Thank you for joining us on the show. Oh, thank you. It was my pleasure. Saturday, May 5th. It is uh, 1049, and we've got a beautiful 78 degrees. Just got a text question. Somebody said, I know you got a bunch of locations. Where are you? And I'll tell you, our headquarters for Annex Wealth Management in Elm Grove, Grove at 127th and Blue Mound. We're also in Mequon, basically at Mequon Road and Port Washington Road. Lake Country, we're there for you. Highway 83 and I-94. And this is just rough uh, about where we're at. Appleton, if you're listening in the Valley, 4321 College Avenue, which is a college and like Nicolay. And our downtown location is looking great. We're putting the finishing touches on that. We know that many of our clients or our uh, people that want to talk to us in general either work downtown or now more of them are living downtown. So the downtown location in the Fister is nearing completion, looking great, and we're really excited about that. So a bunch of locations, all the details at AnnexWealth.com. Don't settle for less. This is Money Talk with Dave Spano and Mark Oswald on WTMJ. Money Talk, Annex Wealth Management, Saturday, May 5th. My name is Danny Clayton. Sorry I'm booking all these guests, guys. I don't mean to be squeezing you out no. of your own show. Well, this is better radio than not having me speak, that's for <laughs> right. sure. Yeah, well, I learn a lot. And, and again, now having been part of the Annex team for coming up on a month now, um, just to see the bench. You know, we, we've talked about team and tech 
and trust, but but to see the team, team is super deep at Annex. And, and I think that's really a good point. And what I've learned over a number of years is that the broker or the, the advisor out there, he cannot do it by himself. And I've learned that for, you know, this is now, I told Mark uh, earlier this week, this is the beginning of 33 years, and I look pretty good for having done Not it for bad. 30. I started when I was seven. And therefore, the, I realized that you just can't be an expert in estate planning, plus much less be an estate planning lawyer. You can't be an expert and be a CPA in a, t- in a tax planner. We have CFAs on, you know, we've got a guy who's been managing billions of dollars at a mutual fund complex, and we have financial planning. Have you heard from, from him and you were, you know his team? And we had 401k experts. There isn't a person alive who can bring all of that talent to, to each and every client, and that's what we do, and that's the reason why the team is here. All of our clients are availed of all of that talent, Danny. It's uh, really, really good. You know, I'm in my 28th year, and it doesn't feel like a junior, right? Just so between the two of us, we've been doing this for a long time. So a lot went on this past week. Uh, the Fed did something, and it was kind of like a pebble in the pond, right? Not, not a whole lot. Well, they didn't do anything. You okay. know? So they met in May, and they did not raise rates, and that's what we expected. That's what the market expected. You know, we look at the June FOMC meeting, what's likely to happen there. The likely thing is you'll see a quarter point raise at that point in time. I think that what what came out of that meeting, though, in May was a little bit of uncertainty because I think there was a little bit of conversation about how many raises will come in the balance of 2018. And it's been widely suspected that there'll be three more rate raises, but now you see an unemployment rate at 3.9, Dave. You saw 164,000 jobs, but we're still seeing GDP at 2.3%. We're not seeing runaway inflation. Wage growth was only one-tenth of 1%. You don't know what the Fed's going to do yet. And we, we do not know, and obviously we don't know what the future entails, and there's a lot of clouds that could be forming. You know, look around the world, and obviously there was a lot of talk about a trade war. Now, that's mm-hmm. dissipated to some extent. We You know, the concern about North Korea, it looks like, at least appears, that there could be this conversation about denuclearization and, and the North Korea-South Korea summit. We'll see if all of these things come to play. We've all always said all year long that the risks to the market are geopolitical and political, so that you know, obviously, right. there was a, a well-respected analyst this week who said, if the Democrats do win the House, the first thing that they're going to do, 50% chance, is start impeachment hearings. The market won't like that, and so you think about there is uh, this concern that we could see going down the road, and it's selling May going away. May has begun, yeah. and so there's a lot of people who might take some money off the table. Well, right now is a is a good opportunity to do some planning, do some personal planning. We've got a couple of workshops coming up yet. Uh, there's one in May that's going to be at May 9th in our Lake Country office, and it's it's Retirement Roadmap. It is a planning opportunity, and we always talk on this show about forever decisions, pension decisions, Social Security decisions, Medicare decisions, and timing those out to maximize your benefits in retirement. So it's a great conversation. We don't preach at you for 90 minutes. It's an open dialogue. We keep them relatively small so that that we encourage that dialogue. So a couple seats remaining for that one, May 9th, 6 p.m., Lake Country office on 83 and 94. Then the following month, June 7th, up north in the Appleton office, we'll be at Butamore Country Club for that one. A little more space there. We tend to get some bigger groups in, in the Appleton area because we just have the one office there. So when you look at the uh, retirement roadmap in both of those, those locations, as we move into the summer months, now is a good time to come in, talk about retirement roadmap, what's your plan look like, get the process started. Both of them are at 6 p.m., Appleton on June 7th, Lake Country on May 9th. 
Excellent. And, you know, these are these thing, these are not these typical chicken dinners right. that have been put on by insurance agents all of this time. And, Danny, it's a good – everyone listening should at least think about what – I see it throughout the week now being part of the Annexwell family. Um, I see people sitting in the conference rooms, and you can kind of see the nods, and you can mm-hmm. see what I really like. And we've, t- again, talked about team. It's all of a sudden Jill will be in a meeting, our, our estate planner, right. and then I'll see Mandy in, and then you know their their relationship managers are in, and then it just it's a steady stream, and it's just like one person after one person after one person, which is really cool. And we're being vetted by thousands and thousands of families, and so questions that our listeners might have, we're getting asked those same questions. You might have the same. Go through the process; it's healthy. Dave Spano, thank you very much. Mark Oswald, thank you very much. That is Money Talk for, uh, let's see, where are we? Saturday, May 5th. Look at that. And 78 degrees. Beautiful day. Locations for Annex, our headquarters. Elm Grove, 127th of Blue Mound. You can find us in Mequon. You can find us in Lake Country, uh, Appleton. And then, of course, our downtown location, looking good and getting ready. So those of you that work in downtown, we're going to make it very, very easy uh, to interact with Annex. And you can do that easily. AnnexWealth.com is the website. What do we do? Financial and retirement planning, estate and legacy planning. We do 401k fiduciary consulting, investment management, communication and education, and tax reduction planning, all are in one roof as in a fiduciary principle. Annex Wealth Management, again, AnnexWealth.com. Advice and opinions expressed during Money Talk are solely that of the hosts or guests of Annex Wealth Management and not WTMJ Radio or Scripps Media Incorporated.